Welcome back, everybody, to another live episode of FinTech Fridays. Uh, I'm stoked for this episode. Um, not that I'm not stoked for all of my episodes, but uh, this is uh, this is a topic that I think is uh, everyone in real estate and mortgage finance is dealing with today. The uh, and I've assembled, or we've assembled, a, a, a panel of experts that kind of are living. Um, this student loan crisis every day. So we're going to give folks another minute to join us here, and then we'll uh, we'll start us off. So happy to happy to see all these friendly faces uh, on the panel with me, Scott, Rodney, Catalina. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for inviting. Yeah, we'll give Brian another- D calls you show up. That's that's the rule. <laughs> Is that how it works? That's the rules. Yes, that's how it works. I love it. Always such great conversations. Well, and for me, selfishly, I learn so much during these uh, conversations as well, and I'm so I'm excited to not just learn on my own, actually share the learnings with uh, with our audience. All right, so we are um, a minute and a half into going live. I'm uh, the old football coach in me, kind of lives by this uh, early is on time mantra so we're gonna we're gonna get started thanks again everybody for tuning in to another episode of fintech fridays this is our live version and it's our non-friday live version doing uh doing the fintech fridays on a tuesday always throws people off uh, <laughs> we as i said earlier we're excited about the the topic you know we're, we're faced and we've been faced with this this student loan crisis. We're now kind of squarely looking it in the eyes with with some pending dates right around the corner. And we've got some experts that, again, deal with this every day uh, and are helping consumers and, and student loan holders every day on this topic. And so what I'd love to do is just have our panel introduce themselves. And Catalina, I'm going to let you go first. Awesome. Um, I'm Catalina. I'm the founder of LoanSense, and we specifically help lenders pull through market uh, to help their consumers with student loan debt. And what we do with the consumer, once you send them to us, uh, we provide the lender data, of course, but we help them actually get into the right federal plan, manage their paperwork, reduce that payment aggregate total debt as well, because we qualify them for forgiveness, improve their debt to income and help them close. Um, And we do this process in about 21 days. Um, And part of my story, I'm not going to tell a whole story, but I was turned down for my first home by three different loan officers. The third one said, pay down your debt and come back later. And that was when I discovered I can get into a different federal program. And I was actually able to close less than 45 days later on my first home, despite being turned down by three different loan officers. So that story is the story of many in my generation. I'm a millennial and we're here to solve that problem, um, help lenders and loan officers pull through more loans and help consumers not have to face that issue over and over. Uh, So that's why I'm here today. Love to give information, provide education to the market and let Lenders know that there's hope. We could we could work on this solution. We could work on this problem and provide a solution together. So I, I you and I, Catalina, have some some history uh, together. Uh, we met at a an incubator event in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, this was before I came to Finlocker. Actually, I think it was right when I came to Finlocker. It was the summer of 2019, if I recall. Uh, yes. And what? What really drew me to uh, your your company and you specifically is I love I love the story of founders that build build a product build a business around pro- a problem that they dealt with right It's like so personal and so real and, and you're um, a great example of of, a, of one of those founders that has created a company and a and a product that can help so many students, but you are actually one of those, you, you had that problem. It, it's real. It's, those are like such vivid uh, descriptions of, of, you know, startups. So I love the, uh, love everything you're doing there at LoanSense. Excited to, to share more of your expertise here on this panel. Let's, 
shift over and and talk to Scott Scott Shang. Tell us, uh, kind of give us your background, Scott, and and kind of sure. how you're playing a role here in this particular topic. Yeah, I just want to second all of the great things you said about Catalina. She's she's amazing, and her story is amazing. And and we probably met. It's been almost at maybe even a little bit before that. Um, I was an originator for over 20 years. I don't originate now. Um, after the market crash in 07, I started a consumer direct website. Uh, in 2015, when the uh, the guidelines changed on student loans, I recognized it was going to confuse a lot of loan officers and a lot of consumers because Fannie, Freddie, FHA, VA, and USDA all calculated student loan payments differently. So I started writing articles to consumers. And since 2016, I looked this up last week, since 2016, I've had 236,000 unique views on those articles with an average time on article of over seven minutes. And I'm telling you that this repayment crisis is going to cause as much confusion. And I've got some scary stories that I've already heard, but it's going to cause as much confusion for both loan officers and consumers. And I applaud you for doing this and putting this together because quite frankly, uh, Catalina's Loan Sense is the solution and the opportunity to, uh, to help consumers and help our clients um, and help our referral partners uh, navigate through uh, the challenges that this is going to create. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> and finally, uh, Rodney, Rodney, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, your what you do in the industry and the company you work for? Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Rodney Debro. I'm a mortgage loan officer. I work with Nexo, Nexo Mortgage. And it's interesting because how I found out about Long Sense is I was listening to Dustin Owen podcast of um, T-Lock, the Loan Officer podcast. And I can't remember who was there, but they were talking about it. And I was like, hmm, this is very, very interesting. So I set up a call with Janine and we hit it off and she told me about the product and literally probably about less than 48 hours I had a client for her so it's a client I'm working with right now that she had two she has two hundred thousand dollars in student loans and she's looking to um move up in her home price range and if she if I had to calculate the um student loans with the normal even with the one half percent she wouldn't have been able to qualify for her mortgage, but with loan sense, now it's getting her payment um, at $200, $250 per month. So that is a big difference. And not only is it helping her to um, qualify for the mortgage, it's also going to help her in the future as far as the payments are concerned, because the date of, what is it, October, that's fast approaching. Because next week we're going to be at half um, midpoint of August, so this this is a great product. I love it. So we, as I kind of said from the get go, we we've got this this panel of experts that each is playing a very specific role in as it relates to housing and mortgage finance specifically. Um, Catalina, before we get like deep into this, maybe for the for the broader audience, let's kind of set the tone. Uh, and I, I have two questions for you. Um, the second question is a little more involved. The first one I think needs to be explained so that we define um, a couple different versions of student loan debt. Um, so I'll ask you the second question first, just to confuse you. <laughs> and, of course. And, and that that second question is really, how did we get to where we are? you know, on August 8th, as it relates to this, this student loan crisis. And obviously, you know, if anyone's paying attention to the, the media, the general, you know, the general news and even social media, every, you know, people are aware of, of a pending, significant pending change coming in October. So we'll frame that up because that'll get us really going deep. But before we do that, could you explain to us and our audience the two different types of student loans that exist out there. We, we hear about private student loans and public or government-backed student loans. Maybe just 
define for us between the two of those and specifically, you know, how they are impacted by this pending uh, October date. Okay. So first uh, you want me to start with number two, right? Um, no, start with number one and then. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So big picture, I'll start with big picture, then I'll go into those specifics. So big picture, um, you know, March, thir March 13th of 2020, they, we basically stopped student loan payments. And at that point in time, that was right when around Scott and I, the time Scott and I met a little before that, um, you know, the lending industry was like, wait, we now no longer have a payment. So what do we do? And so they go back to use the 1%, 0.5%. And what happened was not only did people go into pause from repayment, interest stopped accumulating, but there are millions of people who have entered into repayment that have never, ever, ever, ever made a payment. So what's going to happen now, October 1, um, people are going to be forced to now face the reality. I have to pay, make a student loan payment. And, um, over 50%, it's projected, will actually um, have to pay over 10% of their monthly income towards student loans. So people literally now graduating with 50% um, are graduating with a higher student loan balance than their income, their first year's income. Not their income forever, but their first year's income, over 50%. So that's going to have a serious implication on people's cash flow monthly. Okay. That will impact their ability to save for a down payment. Um, they will start to panic when that payment becomes due. And think tanks are projecting that this will impact the, the default rate. So president Biden has passed a like on ramp into repayment, which will essentially stop the servicers from reporting to the credit agencies for one year. We'll stop reporting any late or delinquent payments for one year. So keep that in mind. We're going to have that on-ramp into repayment for one year. However, that does not change the fact that payments are still due. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we have come to this place because, and it's been extended more and more and more, uh, because obviously we heard about the 10 to 20,000 of forgiveness that this administration was trying to pass in the Supreme Court. It was ultimately turned down. And so as a result of that, um, Biden has uh, passed, you know, he's rewritten the rules for public service loan forgiveness, and he's now passed a new student loan program, which is called SAVE, which will actually reduce the payments really significantly. So a family of four won't even have to make any payments if they earn under $67,000. That means payments will now be zero. That impacts mortgage underwriting because the only... The only secondary market um, player that allows $0 payments is Fannie. So what do you do if they need an FHA loan, right? Those are things to think about as well. There are several solutions in the market. I can I don't want to get too detailed. We can go through that, um, of course, if the audience is interested. Maybe the audience wants to submit some live questions. Um, but now to answer the question about, um, about private and public, 92.7%. That's almost 93%, which is the overwhelming majority of student loans are public loans. That means they qualify for these special federal programs that I described similar to um, a tax credit. The government gives interest subsidy credit. And as a result, we can lower people's student loan payment and whatever they can't pay above that lowered amount, they can get forgiven as long as they file the paperwork correctly. The problem is the government has made filing so complex and people don't know what programs to go into. New programs are getting rolled out. How do I get my loans forgiven? What should I be tracking? All that good stuff. It has to sometimes move servicers. There's a lot of confusion. And so what LoanSense does is we cut out that confusion. We calculate the reduction for that loan officer and we are able to automatically enroll the borrower into these said programs and get the data back for the mortgage loan officer and lender, right? So that only applies to 93%. I mean, I say only, that's overwhelming majority. The yeah. other 7% have private debt. And the only options on private debt is to consider refinance. But I do not recommend, especially if somebody is more moderate income or they're going to have too big of a lifestyle shock by refinancing. If they can't pay off their loans and refinance in five to seven years, 
then I do not recommend people refinance because they lose the protections of the federal government. And, um, but that only, that literally applies to under 10% of the market. And so when lenders say, hey, how is this different than refinance? I have to say, refinancing will never give you interest forgiveness, right? Whereas the federal programs will. And so if somebody is in a financially, potentially financially precarious situation, like after they close, and they need to be able to reduce their payment to maintain their housing payment, because otherwise they'll get their wages garnished after this year, then they really need to stick and continue to be in the federal student loan programs and not consider refinance. I hope that explained the difference. Um, and I know I gave a ton more. No, I love that. I, I, I have a follow on question and then Scott, I want you to kind of, kind of decipher it for, for the, uh, for the lay person that's, that's out there like myself. So two types of, of student loans, private. So, you know, basically that just means what it is. Those are private lending companies that have made, made loans to, to students to finance their education and then public government backed or public student loan debts. And, and what I heard you say, Catalina, was that the students with student loan debt need to be cautious and careful before they make a decision to refinance. And is it is it safe to say that refinancing from a government-backed student loan into a private is really what take eliminates the the uh, those benefits? Is that is that right? Right, precisely, precisely. Yeah. And by the way, the majority of Americans can't qualify for refinance based yeah. on their credit, their DTI, they have to have a co-signer. So it's not even an option for, you know, um, yeah. more than about 25% of the market anyways. So Scott, based on uh, Catalina's kind of setting setting the stage and the overview for kind of how we got to where we, we, we are today on this crisis, what are you seeing kind of, you know, what have you seen over the last two plus years? And more specifically, what are you seeing right now across the, uh, the housing finance industry as it relates to student loans? Yeah, this is um, this is a the, you know education is one of the most important things a loan officer can do in today's market is educating the consumer. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, there's a couple of things that Catalina said that I think are really really important, and I speak marketing speak. So when I hear these problems, I I hear how to talk about these to create solutions and to generate business for us by taking care of our consumers by protecting them. And there's a couple of things that I want to that I want to talk about. First of all, um, the confusion that's out there, it's literally now I probably get way more student loan articles on Google uh, <laughs> suggested to me than other people because I'm so deep into this. But the save plan, the when the administration came out and said, we're going to give this grace period, they had to backpedal about two days later and say, this isn't a pause. And this is something that's really important as loan officers. You need to educate your past clients, your real estate agents, your prospects, because here's what's going to happen. Underwriters know that payments are due on October 1st. And just because it's not going to be reported to the credit report, if they don't make their payment, the underwriter will ask for a payment history. And if they're taking advantage of this grace period and not making their payments, you're going to get defaulted into the higher um, into the higher payments because the payments are due and they're not making their payments. That's number one. Number two, this is a true story from two weeks ago, Catalina. Um, this uh, one of a, a loan officer was calling through her past clients, talking to this lady. She was a psychologist for the county. She had $300,000 worth of federal student loan debt. She fell for one of those scam private loan uh, consolidation debt. Uh, emails and she refinanced that $300,000 into a $4,000 payment. She quit, we put her through the loan sense calculator. She qualified for an $1,800 payment. And here's the worst part about it. She was three years from PSLF. She was three years from having all of her student loan debt forgiven under the public service loan forgiveness program. This lady can never touch her home again. Her only option is bankruptcy. She doesn't have $300,000 in equity to refinance into her home. And with a $4,000 payment, she'll never DTI qualify again. So like, yes, it's only less than 10%, but that less than 10% is about 10 million people 
that have that have private student loans, but that's 30 million people out there that if they get tricked into these private student loan, I think that's the single biggest alarm bell. And I think, Kathleen, you told me years ago, Google banned those companies from even advertising because it was so deceptive and they were pulling people out of the federal student loan protection and putting them into private student loans. And then they no longer qualified for like the SAVE plan or the PSLF or any income-based payment programs. So those are the really, those are the two of the bigger alarm bells. Um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of incomplete information in clickbait headlines, and you really got to dig into it. Um, the last one I think that I would point out is the, the headlines about 800,000 uh, people getting their student loan debts forgiven. Well, most Americans hear that and they're like, cool, I'm going to get my student loans forgiven. That literally represented 1.6% of student loan holders that had been making more than 20 to 25 years of payments. And, and, and it was a recalculation of, the, of, of their, their thing. So consumers don't know that. They hear pause or they hear grace plan, they hear grace period, and they hear 800,000 people getting their student loans forgiven. And they don't know the whole story. So this is an incredible opportunity to partner up with companies like Loan Sense and learn learn these talking points, learn the truth, so that you can go out there and create education and inform consumers and not only save their save possibly their budgets, um, but there's a great opportunity for you to start cash out refinance conversations, um, when you start looking at their overall debt and all of these other things, it's a, it's a lot of opportunities to educate consumers. Um, and, uh, and loan sense is just a fantastic partner for that. It's like, I hate this to be a, this isn't really a commercial for loan sense, but it really is. I swear to you, it really is. Loan sense is the only tool out there that's going to allow you to have, um, to have this conversation and show them in their face, this is how much you can save and have it be an accurate number. If anything, err to the side of it's going to be lower than what you see on the calculator in, in most cases. Rodney, I want to get to you for your comments in, a, in one second. But before they, before I do that, I think this is a, a, good, a good place, Catalina, just to talk a little bit about um, how a consumer... What what is it? What is the economics uh, for a consumer using loan sense um, a, at a high level? I know every yeah you know, yeah no worries. Just so well, that we can all, can I can I ping Diana to drop um, the link because I do want to link you just to did. how we can you help loan officers and consumers. Well, first of all, I have to thank Rodney. I didn't mean for him to make a commercial on um start his intro with a commercial on how we how we helped his um his specific client the the use case he brought up but um i do want to talk really quickly it's not just that we help the consumer right um we help loan officers too we have an entire marketing program we have direct to consumer webinars we have consumer lead capture links you can literally call all your realtor partners together and talk about, hey, how you can help people understand this, how to understand how to reduce their payments and as a result, get more debt to income qualified, right? So I want to mention that, but the economics um, of how we work is we, we have different programs based on lender size, but we can let lenders launch by having uh, the consumer pay us. Everybody gets a free estimate though. The lender can get a free estimate. The Consumer can get a free analysis on if there's a reduction before a payment, before we ever ask them for any payment, right? Um, the consumer pays about $249 after they see there's a reduction. We, um, With that, we will file all their student loan paperwork. They will get an education strategy session on not just on how does enrollment help you with mortgage qualification, but also how do you long-term manage your student loan debt? They'll meet with a student loan expert. And we will enroll their paperwork. All that data gets reported back on the lender dashboard. Uh, and so we accommodate lenders from obviously brokers um, like Nexa Mortgage all the way up to 
some really large brands where we have co-branded marketing partnerships with them to go out and speak to consumers. And so we work with lenders um, across different pain points from opening the top of their pipeline to get the message out all the way to, hey, help me pull through more loans. These are the specific loans I'm thinking all the way to really large lenders who are like, I want to save these pool of loans. How we can do an analysis where we just crunch the data for lenders and show them the exact loan IDs that they can save so we can help lenders across three specific pain points. One, market pipeline. Two, pull through. Who do we pull through? How do we pull them through? And then loan savings, right? This is the pool of loans right now that will be sent to get adverse action letters. Who can we save, right? So we can work across all three of those pain points and create a pricing structure based on the lender. Some lenders will buy credits. It costs them less. If um, Or some lenders will say, we'll reimburse you at close. We can create a financial structure that works with that lender depending on their operating model, right? So um, I don't want to get too much into the economics on the lender side, but the cons but we let every lender come through, see what success looks like before they even commit to any other financial model so that they could see we are 100% committed and our mission really is to get, we, we want to reduce the number of declines because a lot of consumers, right? aren't fighters like me that are going to go out and research right. what 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 do I need to be doing? A lot of consumers will flee and psychologically may take many years before they're ready because they're scared of denial again. So let's not deny people that don't need to be denied. We could literally give them hope, increase the amount that they can even afford if pull through is your thing. But we, if you tell us what your core pain point is, we will work with you to address what what it is. Is it pipeline, pull through, or savings, right? Um, and we'll work with you. Yeah, let me it. jump in there real quick, Brian. It's less than 300 bucks for the consumer to qualify for the loan. Yep. It's almost it's practically free. For them to get a right. lower payment in less than 21 days, it's less than a few hundred bucks for the consumer. And like Catalina said, she's got different ways that you can pay for it as a loan officer, but the consumer, it's such an overwhelming, in most cases, they're saving more than $300 a month. Yeah. The ROI is less than 30 days on that thing. Um, that's the economics on it. Price yeah. isn't it? Price isn't even a, in this conversation. Yeah, no, so it's was price, was price an option? Was, yeah, it's was an price even a concern for your client? I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. No. Yeah. I was just going to say, Rodney, with that savings on oh. your client, did she even blink it no. at, at, go, yeah. at jumping out on that? And two things I want to point out is with Loan Sense, what they do is they go in and um, help clients find the, find the best program. And the reason why I bring that up is because I was talking to a realtor one time about it, the program, and her her uh, initial thoughts was that loan sense was someone that would go in and actually do the refinance themselves. And what she was afraid of is that she, they would do a refinance and some refinance of the loans and somehow put people in a worse position than what they currently in. Kind of like, I, she didn't use the terminology, but kind of like what you said about the um, private loans. Yeah. See, that that was kind of her fear. You see what I'm saying, Catalina? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was her fear. And also, I want to talk about another part about loan sense that you may not know about it as when you're going to purchase your home until you're working with their loan loan officer is where whether it's a any type of government loan, a USDA loan for rural housing, VA loan for veterans or your standard FHA loan, what we we have to pull for all loans, what's called a caveats number. And what the caveats does is that that checks to make sure that they, the um, client does not have any defaulted um, government debt. And there are a lot of people that have that. And from a lender's perspective, we if you have a default, we cannot do a mortgage for you until that default is cleared. Um, I have a couple of people now that I have a buddy. It's funny because I saw him Saturday 
that he wants to purchase some investment property and he's going to refinance his house. He's a veteran, uh, but he he has a default and he was working with someone regarding getting the default cleared up, but um, it still hasn't been cleared up. So I've already told him about loan sense and I told him once interest rates come down to a point where it's beneficial to refinance, I can put you in touch with somebody where we're, that will um, correct the issue with the defaults. So that is a very important aspect, but just on a uh, macro level, clients may not know about that. They may not ask that question, but it'll come up if, if you're in the loan process. So that's, that's a very important aspect. Yes, we do the Fresh Start program. Just to, we help people enroll and get into the fresh start so that they can get that cleared up. Yeah, explain that, Catalina, because that's another new program that came with the rollout right. and the of the thing. So explain yeah. that because that's a Absolutely. really important. That's a really important. Absolutely. Thing. So if anybody like Rodney said is in the Cavier system because they've defaulted in the past, the Fresh Start program is one that um, the Biden administration or the Department of Ed. I should say, allows people to enroll in that will essentially make it so that it's like the borrower rehabilitated their loans, but without waiting for nine months. Yeah. Because before Fresh Start, people would have to, quote unquote, rehabilitate their student loans and it would take nine months. But rehabilitation clears it off your credit and lets you start over like fresh. Yep. Consumers can only rehabilitate once in their lifetime. So... Otherwise, there's other options, but Fresh Start allows everyone to rehabilitate without counting it as the one-time rehabilitation, right? Um, but the options, even after Fresh Start ends, which by next year will be over, then there are um, there are options for defaulted clients to get out of caviars. It will take more than the 21 days, but they should absolutely do it, and we can help borrowers through the decision of rehabilitation or consolidation. We we could help borrowers with that as well to get out of caviars because there's people that are like, well, it's not on my credit. I haven't made payments in years. It's not on my credit. I'm like, no, no, no. They're going to catch you. Yeah, they will catch yeah. you and you're not going to be able to um, get a mortgage. So we've had people, we can get people still into different programs, even if it falls off their credit. If they've defaulted, it's still going to be, they're still going to not be in a good situation. So we can help borrowers um, in default as well. Um, there's all types of programs. Like you might send someone in because they need to lower their payment, but we will try to qualify them for bar defense. We will try to qualify them for all types of different programs based on their scenario that you may not even as a loan officer or lender know about. But we will ask the questions and we will know what programs to file and walk borrowers through. So, um, and not just walk them through, we enroll the paperwork. So I want to make it clear. Uh, we will help them get the documentation, the appropriate documentation they need for closing in the 21 day period, as long as they don't need to um, consolidate or rehabilitate their loans. It takes 21 days or under. Love it. We have a, a, one question I want to make sure we uh, cover, but then I want to shift gears a little bit. So Joe Deline. Um, asked about uh, the calculation of debt to income for student loans agency. So Fannie Freddie versus Gubby, FHA, VA, USDA. Take that. Go ahead. I'll yeah. let Scott take that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this has changed several times since 2015, but as of um, August of last year, uh, Fannie Mae will allow an income-based payment down to zero as long as you can prove that they're still in a payment. Uh, Freddie Mac and now FHA will allow an income-based payment as long as it's $1 or more. Um, and VA is always a calculation of 5% of the student loan balance divided by 12. Uh, uh, USDA is always going to be a half percent of the balance. Um, they don't look at income-based payment in all of those cases for all agencies. If it's in default or deferment, Fannie Mae is going to still be 1%. FHA and Freddie Mac is a half percent. And then all of the the USDA and VA, it doesn't matter. Love it. So I love when we're, uh, when we get some like real 
nuggets of gold in terms of knowledge there to share with the audience. So, uh, and that's one of the reasons I love doing these live events because we can collect uh, questions in real time. I want to shift gears uh, for the balance of our conversation and talk about what I think, and I think what collectively this panel thinks is the opportunity for loan officers um, to take this knowledge, this expertise that that we're we're sharing, and this you know relationship with a platform like Loan Sense, and leverage it with your personal brand, with your your own sphere of influence, to become that you know become part of the trusted uh, set of resources for consumers in your community that have questions around student loans and their impact on. Uh, someone's ability to to buy and finance a home, right? This mm-hmm. we're our audience. Most of our audience is is in the mortgage origination space. Uh, our industry only, you know, we only we only get paid when we close loans, right? So that all starts way up the funnel, though, in building an active set of conversations and engaging a community. And what I again, what I love about um, having somebody like Catalina and Scott and Rodney talk to us is that all of all of you in the audience, all of you originators can become that trusted community, you know, local source of information and knowledge if you have the right resources. So Scott, I'm going to let you kind of kick this conversation off this segment and talk about kind of, you know, in your seat, what are the things you would be doing as an, you know, as a local loan officer to start building, um, awareness to your community of your expertise on all things student loans. Yeah, I, I mean, I th- listen, the headlines right now, I call it newsjacking, but the headlines are just giving you so many talking points for your past clients. I think the lowest hanging fruit right here, right now, is going back to your past clients and letting them know their payments are going to start. Um, There are some really, really good studies out of the University of Chicago that show that credit card debt, auto loans and mortgage payments and balances skyrocketed after March 2020. So what that means is everybody who didn't who their student loan payments stopped, they spent that money elsewhere. Morgan Stanley did a uh, did a survey last month. And uh, 34% of people said that they weren't going to be able to make their student loan payment at all. Only 24% of people said that they were going to, they could make their student loan payment, but they would have to stop paying something else. So this is a really, so for your consumers, this is about cash flow. Um, They're going to have, so, so many people had, you know, a really low mortgage rate. So they didn't want to touch their first mortgage. So they took out a HELOC. Well, guess what? Every one of those Fed fund rate increases increase their payment on their HELOC. A lot of them are in double digits now, and they don't know that that payment that keeps going up hasn't even paid down their balance on their HELOC a dollar. So, and and that's only interest only for like 10 years. So they may have six or seven years, and then that turns into a fully amortized payment. You add on top of that, all the credit card debt that they've accumulated through the recession at double digit interest rates. Now I'm using loan sense to have a conversation about about cash flow and what we can do with their student loans. And by the way, let's just look at all of your debt and let me kind of give you an idea of what you're looking at. And and I'm, I'm telling you this cash out conversation is important because what's the biggest objection you're going to get? Well, I'm going to wait for rates to go down before I do a refinance. Well, guess what? Rates have to come down 2% for you to even qualify for today's mortgage rate. Because first of all, your credit score is suffering because your credit cards are maxed out and you have a cash out hit. So the conversation is very easy to say, let's get your student loan into the right repayment program and save you all of this money. And let's save you $1,000 a month by paying off this HELOC and consolidating your credit card debt so your credit scores go up. So when interest rates do go down a half percent, we're going to lower your total monthly cash flow down to that lower interest rate because it's rate and term with a better credit score. So loan sense 
is the foot in the door. It's the opportunity to do consumer advocacy, wellness check, let me make sure you're okay. And by the way, how is this going to impact your month, your your family's finances? How is your budget look? Do you have this extra $300 or $500 in your budget? If not, let's take a look at some other options. So that's that's the foot in the door for me. That's the low-hanging fruit. Um, and that's the conversation that leads into everything else. And listen, if the best case scenario is all you do is use loan sense and lower their 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 student loan payment, you're still a hero. And that's you're still that's client retention 101 right there. Yeah, we like we provide lead capture, marketing help, all that stuff so that you can have those conversations. We have almost 50 social media assets. I mean, imagine just blasting that, right? To your contacts in email and social, right? So in the link, um, bit.ly slash Finlocker live, there's a few offers there. There's a 90 second video of me talking to reiterate um, what this is about, but then there's two links. If you're a loan officer, a small lender, you can immediately come to, we hold trainings every Tuesday on how we can help you and your audience. If you are with a larger lender um, or you're an executive decision maker at a lending brand, then we invite you to send us a few lines of your data and we can crunch them and show you what the potential reduction boosted affordability can be for a pool of loans. You don't even have to give us any identifying information, just literally loan ID. We have a CSV for you to give us that data. Most of it is um, very extractable from Encompass or whatever your LOS is. And we can show you the loan uplift potential. Um, If you give it to us for a month or a quarter, we could show you projected into the year. And we could show you what potential boosted affordability, pull through and savings you could potentially be doing for your client base. And you could schedule that in the same link, um, regardless of what your key pain point is. Um, We can meet with you and let you know how we can help um, your audience to, you know, pull through and save loans. So we're excited about that. Yeah, I I love it because I, again, I I put myself in the shoes of the originator, whether it's a, you know, somebody in the local community or Catalina, as you mentioned, a brand or, or, or a branch or a, a large, a larger brand. This is, this is one of those points in time opportunities that we in the lending industry have to, you know, again, be expert on a topic and the expertise may or may not immediately translate into a mortgage application and funding, but, to Scott's point, you have the opportunity to, to be, you know, to create a kind of a hero moment for a consumer. And those things always come back. You don't know when they're going to come back in your favor as a, as a, as a, as a human, not, not even as a salesperson, but as a human. Um, and so I, I kind of subscribe to do more and do more good and more good will come back to you mm-hmm. individually in whatever role you are serving uh, consumers in. So a couple questions I want to kind of close off on before we, uh, let folks get back on with their, uh, their afternoon. Um, Catalina, you've talked a lot about, um, you know, what lenders can do to kind of assess their current pipeline. So we definitely encourage folks that are, that are watching, listening to take advantage of that offer, reach out to, Catalina's team and, and do an assessment of your kind of portfolio, your pipeline, if you will. Um, we've talked a lot about the impact that student loans and the, and the impending changes is having on a consumer's ability to buy and finance a home. Um, I want to close with this question for the panel. Um, October is going to come and go and we're going to be on to the next, you know, clickbait media highlight what what it you know for the panel here what do you guys think is going to happen in reality once the student loan payments kind of start to kick back in in, in October and i know nobody's got a crystal ball it's like predicting what you know mortgage rates are going to do but you know what do we what do we reasonably think is is ahead of us uh, with respect to this uh october pending uh, uh date 
And Scott, why don't we kick off with you first, and then we'll ask Rodney and Catalina. You can close us out. Yeah. So I'll 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 tell you what I know is going to happen based off of what happened in 2015 with the student loans. Most people are not going to think about it. They're not going to worry about it until it lands in their lap. And then what's going to happen is the consumers are going to want to refinance. They're going to want to buy a home and their loan officer isn't going to know how to deal with the student loans because they're not paying attention and they're not giving the consumer the right answers. That consumer is not going to like the answer that that loan officer is going to give them. And they're going to go back on Google. They're going to go on YouTube and they're going to go on social. And they're going to try to find a loan officer that understands how to solve their problem and understands the challenges they're having with their student loans. And that's your opportunity to provide a second opinion and be the solution and capture that information. So the more people that know that you know the solution to this problem, the more of that business is going to start coming in by right now, everybody's like, man, I don't care. That's not my problem. I don't have a client with that issue right now, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a really, really big deal. So people like Rodney that have this under his belt and that are secure, he's going to have business coming in from all angles because everybody's going to know that he knows the solution to this problem. I love that. That's uh, such great practical advice. Uh, Rodney, your thoughts before we hand it off to Catalina. To be honest, Scott took my thought, <laughs> said what I was going to say, and I agree with Scott 110% that people are not going to think about it. They're not going to be proactive. And then when October comes and they get the bill, then they have to start payment. And that's when it's going to be a re- reactive. So I, honestly, as the word gets out about long sense, for the first six months, they're going to they're gonna be busy. Because <laughs> as more people find out about it, they're going to be panicking. And um, it, it's just going to be like a funnel that you get close to the bottom, like, like a bottleneck. That's that's what's going to happen in the first, the first, I'll say the first six months. What's your thoughts on that, Scott? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. It's, uh, it's, they're not going to. They're not going to worry about it till their hair is on fire and their fair is not going to be on fire until October. That's why anybody who's smart enough to be on this call, you've got time to get content out there. You've got time to do videos, to write blog posts, to start pushing your uh, link to your loan sense calculator to all of your referral partners, educate them, do webinars for their consumers. You've got time to get ahead of this thing because people are going to be scrambling for solutions. So I completely agree with you. All right, Catalina, bring us home. Yeah, um, we're already getting busy. So um, you can imagine people are getting busy before they even fully get their statements, right? That says what amount is due. Right now, our accounts are showing $0 still. That's going to change within the next two weeks. So now is prime time to be getting the message out there. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, We've helped some major brands literally within launching our our content and our pro, uh, our lead capture link got literally 40% of the people that came through came through their dashboard are people they've never spoken to before. This is a lead capture moment, right? Um you literally with our product, we could tell you how much they could save right there with a few clicks. The consumer can even do it themselves, right? So I predict, um, just like the, th- the the you know the think tanks, we're going to have a rise in defaulted um, late payments, um, and that's a moment—a moment of like, oh my god, I'm a little, I'm I'm feeling the stress. Is a moment to talk to a consumer. I want to give a pro tip out there for those staying at the end. Any payments made from March 13th of 2020 until this moment, if they paid during the pause and they need help with down payment savings, they can request a refund for any payments made during the pause that could help them get the cash they need for down payment. Okay. I say that because that pro tip only lasts until the end of August 31st. Okay. They could ask for that money back. Even if it's not for down payment, they could save it when actual payments are due in the event that they're having issues. Of course, we can help them reduce that payment, get into a federal program that is more affordable to them. But if they're having a crash cash crunch issue, they could literally request that money back. If they need assistance, we can help them get that money back. 
And that's a way you can immediately get some cash, you know, for down payment, help a consumer, give them that piece of snip, snippet of advice that could really help them if they made a payment and, and actually just need that back for when payments are due. Right. So I, I predict there's going just like think tanks, there's going to be a rise in some default rates here and people are going to be cash crunched. Um, there's an opportunity to really come in front of them and help them. And it's, it's over 50% of the primary purchase market. Um, and so it's a huge percentage of people with student debt. And then there's 17 million that of student loan borrowers who are renting right now who are in the prime purchase demographic. So it's going to be a huge issue. Um, it's a huge issue. It's a huge opportunity for you all to get in front of consumers to talk to them about their largest pain point and be relevant when they do purchase. So I, I did want to say that. No, that's that is pure gold, Catalina. Um, I mean, imagine creating a, a, a social post, a, a piece of content that that shares that gold with your community, with your referral sources. Um, not not a lot of loan officers are out doing that, and that's a, a, a an opportunity to differentiate yourself. Um, before I sign off, I'm going to add a link in the comments. Uh, I've already linked to the uh, FinTech Fridays podcast because a few folks asked about this uh, recording. So yes, it will be recorded. You could come back to this place on LinkedIn or YouTube where you're watching it live right now. And you can kind of go back and, and watch this again. You could subscribe to FinTech Fridays podcast on the YouTube page on Spotify and uh, see uh, this episode. And I've also recorded prior episodes with both Catalina and Scott and have to get Rodney, have to get you on at some point here. But I also want to make folks aware of another resource uh, that we put out every week. We call it FinTalk. It's a newsletter. There's a group of 16 or 17 industry professionals who've committed to providing uh, content for loan officers to use to better educate consumers in their communities. And I'm pleased and proud and, and so thankful for the contributions of both Catalina and Scott to the FinTalk newsletter as well. And so the tips that we've shared today there's there's uh, even more in the in the newsletter as well. Um, Rodney, Catalina, Scott, I am very thankful and appreciative that you came on and spent some time with us on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, I know that I learned uh, a lot as I always do on these, and I'm I'm certain that our audience that was live with us and that will see this event on the various channels uh, learned a lot as well. I appreciate everything you all are doing for consumers to educate them on a their their rights and 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 benefits that they have uh, available to them for student loans and the impact it has on home ownership. Um, and most of all, I thank you all for just being great humans and sharing your knowledge with uh, with our industry. So thank you all for for participating. I thank everybody for tuning in today. And come back this Friday for the next episode of FinTech Fridays. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right.